Welcome to the Memorial Sermon Podcast. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your walk with God and drive you closer to Jesus. For more information about our church, visit mbcmetairie.org. Now, here's this week's message. This morning, I've entitled my sermon, In His Love. In His Love. And since there have been no sporting events, I have, uh, I've seen some television networks that normally would have sporting events. They're re-showing games from past seasons. And so I've been following some things on social media and I've been following, you know, and a lot of folks from here in New Orleans have said, would you please re-show Super Bowl 44 where the Saints played the Colts, beat the Colts in Miami, Florida to become the world champions of American football. And, and it's one thing to watch those games live, as we all know, but it's something else entirely when you are watching the game again, but you already know the outcome. Why would people, especially in our area, want to watch that game all over again? They already know what's going to happen. They already know that the final score even at the end of the game. Because let me tell you something, there's nothing like reliving victory. And for us, the resurrection of Christ is infinitely bigger and infinitely better than any sporting event that has ever taken place. And we get the opportunity as Christians to relive the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not just once a year on Easter, but we get the opportunity to relive the resurrection of Christ every day of our lives. And we get to celebrate that our sins have been washed away and that we have eternal life because of what he did. And so that victory is something that we celebrate each and every day. And so today, I want us to talk about his amazing love because it was out of love that Jesus Christ went to the cross for us. It was out of His love that ultimately led to His resurrection. We're going to put a verse up here that many of you probably know. You may have even grown up uh, memorizing this Bible verse, and it's John 3.16, but I just want us to read it real slowly this morning. It says this, For God so loved, I've got that word underlined for you, the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish. God doesn't want you to perish, but have everlasting life. The whole reason that God sent His Son to the world to live a perfect life, to minister and give all kinds of signs that He was the true Son of God, and then later to be crucified, buried and resurrected. The whole reason he did that, John 3, 16 says, is because he loves the world. Can I put another verse up here on your screen for you? It's John chapter 15, verses 13 and 14. Look, look at this. No one has greater love than this. This is what Jesus was telling his disciples at the Last Supper. To lay down his life for his friends. 
You are my friends if you do what I command. And so Jesus comes on the scene here and he says, listen, there is no greater love than that someone would lay down their life for his friends. And so it's out of love. There is no greater love than the love of Jesus Christ, that he would lay down his life for us only to take it up. Let me tell you, I think this is going to be one of the most bizarre Easter's that we have ever had in our entire lives. We will be telling many of us, our children and our grandchildren who haven't even been born yet about this particular Easter Sunday, that we didn't congregate together and come together in a building, that we had to do it in our living rooms or do it in our, our bedrooms. And, and I think that it's interesting that we aren't having services with all the lights, all the smoke, air conditioning and cushiony pews. For many of you, you maybe the, that you would normally get up today and take a family picture and get all dressed up and you've got your Easter bonnet or for ladies, maybe you got Easter dresses and an Easter hat. Men, maybe you would typically put on a, a new Easter suit, something like that. Many of us grew up with those traditions. All of those seem to have fallen to the wayside this year because it's not about that. It's not about any of those things. Easter is all about the love of God. God fulfilling His mission to send His Son so that you and I might have our sins forgiven and have new life. And that's why this morning, if you were able to go to our website, we'll put it up on the screen one more time. But if you're not able to go there, I want you to grab a sheet of paper I want you to kind of go down the paper as we're talking about love. I want you to, to write L-O-V-E down that sheet of paper. Write L-O-V-E. Now, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks uh, as we've been taking a word and trying to help it lock in your mind. I had someone joke with me earlier this week. They said, Pastor Dan, you're not going to do the word resurrection, are you? We'll be there for two or three hours. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. So I just want you to go down the page L-O-V-E. And as you're going there and you're numbering down that, I want us to see God's love manifested through the resurrection makes possible. I want you to take that first letter L and out to the side of it, I want you to write the word life. I want you to write the word life. The resurrection makes possible our life. New life in Jesus Christ. Christ. What makes the resurrection so special? Others throughout history and throughout the ministry of Jesus have been raised from the dead. Have you thought about this? Others have been raised from the dead. You had Elijah who, who raised folks from the dead. You have Jesus who even just, uh, you know, even moments prior to coming into Jerusalem, raised Lazarus from the dead. So why is Jesus's resurrection such a big deal when this has happened in other people throughout history. And the reason for it is, is it is a huge victory for us because He is the first fruits of our resurrected bodies. Let me show you what I mean. We're going to put 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 through 21 on your screen right now. 
1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 21 says, but as it is, Christ has been raised from the dead. It's the linchpin of our faith. And then look at this. I've got it underlined just for you. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, it's talking about Adam, Adam in the Garden of Eden, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. And so you see that when others were resurrected in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the, the, the problem was they still grew old and maybe sick and died again. But the reality is Jesus's resurrection was the first fruits of our heavenly resurrection. Jesus got the first heavenly resurrected body that you and I are promised one day when we will rise again to be with Jesus. And when you and I put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we are guaranteed eternal life. Don't miss this. In a brand new body. And Jesus got the first one. The first one so that we can go along with him and have our resurrected bodies. And I know that in the midst of this, we can't get together right now the way that, that we want to get together right now. But that should make us long for a day. There's going to be a day that we will all be together with all those in history who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, who have put their faith in Jesus Christ in heaven. And there will be no disease to keep us apart. There will be no crying. There will be no death. There will be no financial struggles or, or economic struggles. All those things will have passed away and the love of God and the resurrection affirms that one day we too will have eternal life. And that is a victory worth celebrating. That is a victory worth reliving. So the first thing, the resurrection makes possible life, L. The second thing that I want you to write down right next to that letter O is offenses forgiven. Offenses forgiven. I want you to look on your screen this morning. We're going to put up here Romans chapter 4, verses 24b through 25. It says, It will be credited to us who believe in Him, who, listen to this, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered up for our trespasses. And look at this, raised for our justification. Well, what in the world does that mean? We know that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Another word for that is trespasses. But what in the world does it mean right here when it says raised for our justification? What does that mean, Pastor Dan, that, that when he came out of that grave, that first Easter, that he was raised for our justification? The resurrection was God the Father's final stamp of approval on the work that Jesus did on the cross. 
The passage says that he was raised for our justification. Anytime that you see in your Bible, when you're reading it, and you come across words like justice or justification, I want your mind immediately to go to a court of law. Imagine because of your sin that you are being brought before the judge. You're in an orange jumpsuit. You've got handcuffs on because of your sin. And the judge isn't a judge in your area or my area. The judge is God the Father. And as the Bible says, we're all going to stand before him one day. And so you're brought in in handcuffs. You sit down and they read out a long list of your sins. All the ones, maybe since you were a tiny toddler and you didn't even know that you were sinning all the way to the age that you are now. And, and since you have died and passed away, all your sins over your whole life are being read out in this court of law. And then the judge looks around the courtroom. He said, is there anyone here who's willing to pay for your sins. Maybe they look at you and they say, son, daughter, how are you going to pay for your sins? But then the judge looks at you and says, I want you to hear this loud and clear. There is someone in this courtroom who's willing to pay for your sins. There's someone in this courtroom who's willing to take the punishment that you deserve for all of your crimes. And so he looks at you and he says, so either you can pay for your crimes or this person that's here today can pay for your crimes. And you look up at the judge and maybe you, you just ask one simple question. Say, who, who would do that? Who, which, which, which one is it that would, that would do that? And the judge looks at you he says, my son will do it for you. My son, the son of the judge. And when you say yes, and when you say yes to Jesus, it's almost like the gavel comes down. And at that moment that the gavel hits the bench, you are declared innocent. And your rap sheet is completely wiped out. And that resurrection, the resurrection is the gavel coming down. The resurrection is the peace that legally finalizes your pardon. Legally, all of your sins have been washed away. You don't have that spiritual rap sheet anymore. They take the handcuffs off of you and they look at you and they say, you're free to go. You are free to go. Now, are you going to live the same way? If you walked out of that courtroom, walked out into the fresh air, no more handcuffs, no, no more crimes, everything has been wiped away, are you going to live the same way? The answer to that is absolutely not. In light of someone taking your punishment on themselves, someone took the fall for you, no. You honor the judge's son. You honor God the Father's son, Jesus Christ, by repenting and living an entirely different life. Because of his love for you, he cares for you. So he gives you life 
Your offenses have been forgiven. And then we get to V. And this one's really good. V, I want you to write this one down. Vigor. One word, vigor. Because you don't have to live a perfect life in your own strength. When you walk out of that courtroom and you've been freed, you don't have to live a new life in your own strength. You don't have to white knuckle your, your life and try to be perfect. The love of God and the resurrection has given you vigor, strength, power, and, and a new energy to live for Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to see, we're going to put up here Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 says, Therefore, we were buried with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, look at that, that He was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. And this is why I just want to take a, just, a, just a moment to talk to you. Based on this passage of Scripture, this is why believers' baptism is so important. The, the reason why believers' baptism, after you have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the first step of obedience is for you to be baptized. And the reason why is because if you, if you haven't been baptized as a believer, you need to get baptized because it's not your parents' decision when you were younger. It's your decision to follow Christ. And I'm very passionate about this. And I'll tell you why. It's because the baptism that we get as believers' baptism, it represents what Jesus did through the cross, burial, and resurrection. It, it, baptism doesn't represent a spiritual bath. It represents a spiritual resurrection in your life. So I want you to think about this. When Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and then he was resurrected, came back to life. In the same way, when we're baptized for our faith in Jesus Christ, we go down into the water, we are buried, we are dead, to an old way of life. And then when we come up out of the water, that is like our resurrection. It's a symbolic uh, representation of our resurrection that we did along with Jesus, that we have new life in Christ. And because we have new life in Christ, we have new strength in Christ. We died to that old way and we are resurrected to a brand new life, a life with vigor and power in the Holy Spirit. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Put up on your screen, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. This is what the Bible says after the resurrection of Jesus, a command to the apostles. It says, but look at this, but you will receive power that vigor when the holy spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth this is why the apostle paul would later say i want to know the power of christ but he didn't just leave it there he said i want to know the power of christ i want to know god so well and how does he say it and the power 
of his resurrection. Even the apostle Paul said, I have got to have this vigor, the same vigor that comes because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are called to be the light of the world. Do you know that? You're called to be the light of the world, even in the midst of this, this pandemic. You're called to be the light of the world this morning, but your lamp cannot shine out if you are not plugged into the power source. And the resurrection is a wonderful opportunity for us to say, oh Jesus, I want to be plugged into the power source of the Holy Spirit. It is a brand new vigor. Because of the resurrection, the Lord has flipped the switch for you to live triumphantly in His power. And then we got one last letter. Because the resurrection makes possible life, makes possible our offenses to be forgiven. Resurrection makes possible vigor. And then the last thing that I want you to write down this morning, the exaltation of Christ. The exaltation of Christ. The love of God and the resurrection give you an extra means to exalt and glorify Christ. Now, certainly, Christ is, has been exalted by God the Father. I want to put this passage up on the screen for you, Philippians 2, 8 through 11. It's talking about the humility of Christ. It's talking about the attitude of Jesus Christ. And as it's talking about that in verse 8, it says, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Did you hear that? He became obedient to God the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so after it was all finished, after it was all said and done, then you get into verse 9, it says, For this reason, God highly exalted Him, highly exalted Jesus, and gave Him the name that is above every name. So, so God the Father exalts His Son because of His death, burial, and resurrection, exalts Him because of His obedience his submission to his father. God exalts him. But watch this. When the father exalts the son, it leads to everyone else exalting the son too. And so here we have in verse 10 of Philippians 2, it says, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. That's you. That's me. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. So that's folks that are in heaven, their knee will bow to Jesus. Folks on the earth where we are, even under the earth, as it's talking about even those in hell, their knee is going to bow to Jesus. And then look at verse 11 up here on your screen. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know what that word Lord means? It means master, owner. They're all going to look and say, you are the boss. Now through this life, they may have rejected Jesus. They may even reject the resurrection. They may even reject religion outright. But there is going to be a day that people in heaven, earth, and hell are going to see Jesus and they're going to say that He is Lord. And look at how that pans out up here on your screen, to the glory of God the Father. So, so we're experiencing this bizarre Easter this morning. 
I don't know this morning if you're watching us and you're struggling with fear. Maybe you are. Maybe you're struggling with fear with the disease, COVID-19. Maybe you're struggling with fear this morning of how you're going to pay your bills, feed your family. But I want you to hear loud and clear, if you're struggling with fear, exalt the Son. Maybe you don't know and you've been struggling with your health. Maybe you're struggling with your health outside of all this. Some of you I've been calling, just checking up on and seeing how you're doing. And you say, Pastor Dan, I've got diabetes. I've got other things in my lungs. I've got other issues. And, and, and man, I've got some other health problems. I want you to hear loud and clear this morning. If you're struggling with your health, exalt the sun. If you're struggling even with, with being disciplined, have you found that sometimes when, even when you have more time on your hands, that you struggle with being disciplined? Have y'all noticed that? It's hard. It's hard when you have more time on your hands. You said to, to, to be disciplined, to, to get into God's Word instead of maybe scrolling on social media or, or watching things on television mindlessly. If you're struggling with being disciplined, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Exalt the sun. Get some music out. Play it on your playlist. And exalt Jesus Christ. Whatever stage of life you are in this morning, hear it loud and clear. Exalt the sun. Because he says that the day is going to come that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And as I think about that, as I think about how one day every knee is going to bow, I thought about even you this morning, and I thought about this, of like how we can either choose to bow now and bend the knee now to Jesus, or we can wait until it's too late and we can bow the knee then. What if today was your day to bow the knee to Jesus? Are you ready? Are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus? How about we bow the knee today? How about we surrender our lives to the master, to the owner, to the boss, to the one who loves us? How about we surrender our lives to him today? And so that that day when every knee shall bow, that it's not a forced issue, that it is a glorious thing that we say, yes, we praise you, we exalt you. I am your child. Are you a child of the King this morning?